right, it's day 24 on our 40-day tour through the Gospel of John. We're in the second half now of John chapter 11. We covered the first half of John 11 yesterday. And if you missed it, you might want to go back and watch that episode, day 23 of the Pastor Mike Drop podcast first, because this story definitely fits better together. We'll pick up today, though, where we left off. Jesus is weeping. Shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. That was 10 verses after he told Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life, Anastasis and Zoe in the original Greek. Physical resurrection, new and everlasting life, present and assurance of the future. This is who I am, and this is Jesus, and this is John's gospel revealing that Jesus is, well, he's a bigger truth. He's even bigger than death, greater than death. Death is intimidating, so much so that at the beginning of John chapter 11, Jesus' disciples are afraid that Jesus is going to get killed. They're afraid of death. Well, that's truth. Think of of truth as a a small box and, and put death in that box, put life in that box in this world, all the good and bad stuff that happens. So that's truth. Those things happen. That's real. But what's happening here in John chapter 11 is Jesus is reminding us that that box of life and death and the good and the bad stuff that happens to us is not the last word. It isn't the ultimate power. Death walks around uh, all intimidating and strutting around and acting like it, it gets the last word on everything, that even if we have moments of glory and success in this life, death is in the shadows mocking us and laughing at us, saying, enjoy it now because it isn't going to last. I get the last word, death says. And if we don't know Jesus, that's our whole truth. Death gets the last word, and then it's done, and then it's over. And what a waste. I mean, that's it? That's all there is? Jesus shows up, and he says, that is true. What what is in there is true. You will die in this world someday. You will have successes. You will have failures. You will have moments of glory. You will have moments of suffering. All true. Put, Put it inside that box but now let me come and blow that box away and let me show you that all truth is God's truth, that there's a bigger truth out there of which worldly wisdom is just a subset. And so Jesus is showing up and he's looking death square in the face and he's backing it down. He's putting on the boxing gloves metaphorically and he's going to knock it out. Thomas represents sort of that worldly wisdom inside the box thinking again when he says in verse 16, All right, Jesus, if you're going to go to Bethany, which is just a few miles, just right next door to Jerusalem, practically a suburb of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is the place where they wanted to kill you, uh, where the religious establishment is headquartered, and they want you arrested and killed, then sarcastically, Thomas says, Thomas has a small but significant role in John's gospel. He'll show up again at the end of the story, doubting Thomas, says sarcastically and humorously, but also maybe to hide his fear. Isn't that what we do? Use humor to try to hide our fear of death? Well, let's go too. And we can all die with Jesus. Come on, you guys. (laughs) But Jesus is coming to say something uh, more, something that is going to put death in its place. I am the resurrection and the life, but he isn't just talk. He's going to walk. So he walks over to the tomb and he says, now let me show you that I'm the resurrection and the life. Let me give you this seventh and final and most extraordinary sign, extraordinary miracle uh, in John's gospel. Jesus says, move the stone, the tombstone away. Martha, who Jesus' friend, says, 
oh, we can't do that, Jesus, because his body has been in the tomb for four days and it's wrapped like a mummy and you know it's going to smell. It's going to be terrible, she says. She's back inside the box. She's concerned for Jesus, just like Thomas and the other disciples were concerned for Jesus. Don't go to Bethany. You're going to get killed. Jesus, you're just too overwhelmed with grief right now. You, you forgot that, that he's been dead for four days. You don't want to move that, that tombstone away. It's going to smell. You're, you're not going to like the result. But Jesus is saying, I'm carrying a bigger truth here, Martha. I'm carrying a bigger truth, Thomas. I'm carrying a bigger truth for all of us, too. Come with me, follow me, and don't just read this story. Immerse yourself in it. Receive the blessing and the benefit of it. Soak in it. It's for you. Jesus says to his Father in heaven, he prays, Thank you, Father, for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said this prayer out loud for the sake of all these people who are here so that they might believe that you sent me. It's always the goal in John's gospel that we would believe in Jesus. And Jesus is also saying this, that he's about to go public. Toothpaste out of the tube, you can't put it back in. Previously in the Gospels, when Jesus does healing miracles, more often than not, he tells his disciples, now don't tell anybody yet. Or he tells the people he heals, don't, don't tell anybody. Keep it to yourself. Why? Because my time hasn't come. It's not time for my glory yet. It's not time for my mission to be fulfilled. Tick-tock. The time has come. Later here in John 11, it says it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, and Jesus is about to become the sacrificial lamb for the sins of the whole world, all times, all nations, all generations, you and me too. The time has come, and so now it's time to go public, and this seventh and final miracle, this seventh sign recorded in John's gospel is big, and it's public, and Jesus knows it's going to stir the pot, and he knows it's going to get him killed, and he does it anyway because he will not soften his message and he will not tone down his miracles and he will not manipulate his mission in order to fit it into the small box of the truth of this world. Instead, he will blow open the boundaries of that box and help us see a bigger truth, a truth that is the resurrection and the hope of that resurrection and the assurance that that brings us now. Now put death in a whole new perspective. Jesus doesn't just talk, he walks, and then he says, Lazarus, come out. <laughs> that took courage. Lazarus, come out, he says. There's a song that we sing here at Hope once in a while, and I love it, because the place just stirs, the whole congregation starts to stir when we sing this one lyric that comes right out of this story. You called my name out, God, in the face of darkness, in the face of death. You called my name, and I ran out of that grave. And around here, we jokingly say the spirit is willing, but the flesh is Lutheran. But in those moments, man, it's just palpable. The spirit is palpable and, and the congregation just lights up. And that's what's happening here. Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And he comes running out of the grave and Jesus says, unwrap him and let him go. Next verse, verse 45 says, many of the people who were at that funeral believed in Jesus now when they saw this happen. Well, yeah, I mean, this doesn't happen every day. Or any day. But Jesus is knocking death out, putting it in its place, staring it down, saying, you know, you've been strutting around a little too much. And welled up with anger, John 11 says, Jesus says, let's rumble. Let's fight death. Because I know these people that God loved so much in this world don't have the power to fight you and defeat you. But I do. 
So I'm going to Bethany and I'm going to Jerusalem and I will be the Passover lamb for the sins of the world and I will take on death and I, and I will conquer it. I will knock it out. What good news. Caiaphas, the leader of the religious establishment, says, better that one man should die than a whole nation perish. And the next verse says it was a prophecy, but he didn't even know it. Yes, better that one man should die. What Caiaphas meant was we have to kill Jesus so that our status quo and our power and control doesn't get ruined so that we can hold on and do things the way we've always done them so that this nation doesn't die in its traditions. But what the prophecy really is, is one man, Jesus, needs to die so that all of us in all times and generations and nations can can live new and forever. Thousands are starting to believe it now as this story develops. Thousands more don't. And so the question comes back to you. What do you believe? Because things are picking up. It's time. Our Savior has come. We'll see you tomorrow. Please like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using that helps us get the word out. And join us for weekend worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there. Oh,